We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. As far as reasons why for the medical billing, in addition to the great reasons you guys mentioned, the commercialization of the COVID vaccines. So it's going to be private payers that are going to be paying for a lot of those of the COVID vaccine. Still have um, some government involvement, but less, a lot less. And having as I think we want as pharmacy, we want to bill as many times as we can to the medical side versus the PBM. Because we know what happens when we bill through the PBM. Right. Yep. And it's not good. Yep. So that's another uh, reason uh, for it. The other thing, and this can incite some competitive juices, but when we look at our competitors, CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, and really the uh, health insured owned PBMs, this is where they're going. Um, you know, one announcement after another, even Amazon buying the the, the telehealth company recently, uh, they're all going into primary care. I, you know, I talked about it at um, Connect, but it's not a secret. That's where. And, and, you know, and you know how they're how they're doing it? They're doing it with technologies that's, that's at least 30 years old. <laughs> so so I, I think that's one of our arguments is or beliefs is. Um, not only should we be doing it, but we should be doing it with technology that enables the independents to have as much configurability and, and automation as they can through it. And frankly, they'll be at an advantage over over any chain. There's no chain that's investing in in new architecture like we are right now. They're not. Yeah, and no kind and no chain is getting the kind of results in these programs running like right. we are. Not even close. Not even close. It was a it was a funny story. Um we do some programs, some sponsored programs that give the pharmacy some money to do some extra counseling uh, to help. And uh, he was analyzing on this particular drug an uptake of, of uh, it looks like up to, that uh, we were doing 10% better adherence um, than the other uh, pharmacy management systems. It's like, oh, this was this was interesting. So y'all must have done this program better. But then he got a little sad because he looked back and, and our pharmacies in general do about 10% better on adherence than other farm people on other pharmacy systems do. And whether that's the software or whether that's the kind of people that uh, our software tracks, I think there's probably a combination of the two. Well, but that's what is what CBSN a difference 10% too. makes to the profitability of a pharmacy and the health of its patients. Well, and we saw the same um, kind of insurg- kind of thing with a CPSN as they said, okay, well, how is this pharmacy submitting so many care plans? And it's like, it just does it. You yeah. sync this patient but and it just sends it. When we were looking at the uh, shingles program, we were asking, asking the manufacturer, what's great? Whole, whole, you know, Jeff and Marsh and I, we, we like goals. Yeah. You know, like it's like hanging a bone in front of me. Um, I just chase it. Uh, and like, oh, you know, hey, if, if you guys can complete 20, if the pharmacist can complete 20% of the care goals and, and deliver, actually deliver education on, on 46 per or 6% of that, that's awesome. That's what we see in industry. Mm-hmm. And we delivered 83% and 50%. 
that's because of how it's integrated into workflow and how we're triggering triggering it at the point of sale and and those types of things that pioneer continues to innovate on not not right we're proud to say not not all are created equal and how did those dollars so in those examples which is great i'm, I'm yeah always impressed to see the performance of independent pharmacies even after all these years yeah. um proud of it too how do those dollars flow to the pharmacy so in that example with the manufacturer in what form do they get back to the pharmacy and what other opportunities are there like that for them to generate revenue obviously for your company but to generate revenue for the pharmacies yeah so if you take a vaccine the the way that gets back to the pharmacy is 50 percent more vaccines right uh so we'll, we'll it, or or in primary adherence all we're doing is delivering education content so education content will say uh hey, we'll do the work to create the education content and deliver it through our platform. Uh, and and what we get out of that is much happier customers. What the pharmacy gets out of that is 10 percent more script volume uh, mm -hmm. coming through. And that's that's where the the real economic value is to be made in these programs. And we've got to do a good job of helping pharmacies understand that if you're taking your vax or your medical billing from zero percent of your total revenue to 15 percent and you don't have to deal with dir fees on that that's a huge deal that mm -hmm. that's where the economic value is for you and that's why you should put the time into e-care plans as an example yeah so, so there are certain areas and to carry on to that there there are certain areas where like the pdr programs we talk about where the pharmacists document that there is a direct when they when they educate the patient we'll get that on sometimes a complex um, devices that have to be cleaned or something like that, the the pharmacy will get an extra payment to do additional training than they would normally do, right? Yep. Um, yeah, it's called enhanced services. Enhanced services you're, you're, on You're allowed to remunerate for enhanced services legally, or, and, and it's not mm -hmm. considered an enhanced service. You're not allowed to legally Yeah, so, and the, so there's some place you can, reimburse, <laughs> you can reimburse the pharmacy. There's some place where legally you can't. And, and so we do where we can, we do where we can't. We try to make sure that we're doing programs that help the pharmacy um, be more successful through doing more vaccines. Yeah. yeah, so I think, and we touched on it a little bit the last podcast, and, and honestly, I hear it in a lot of different meeting settings that, I, I, that I'm in that, you know, pharma has the money, and so we need to figure out ways to partner with them. And, and it's interesting, the different um, settings where I hear pharma has the money. I feel... <laughs> In some respects, I'm like, man, pharma only has so many taps, you know, because everyone it seems like it wants to tap into to to pharma money. I think for the independent pharmacy, especially Craig, the the stats you mentioned as far as the lift in adherence. Yep, we've got a real viable reason why pharmaceutical manufacturers would want to partner with community pharmacy. I will tell you, this is as we're working with manufacturers. This is new information for manufacturers. Total, total candor, one of our biggest challenges early on was getting manufacturers to listening to us because when they heard independent pharmacy, their answer was too hard, not enough return on my marketing dollars. Uh, it's just too hard. When you explain them, well, really all you have to do is access the technology network. You don't need to go contract with everybody. And 
we've got new technology, so we we can show you the effectiveness rate across the whole network. You don't you don't need to go get it from every individual pharmacy. We can show you the effectiveness across the program. That's the way you drive this. <clears throat> Pharma just wants to put their dollars where they can, they get a, the higher return. It's not so we have to show them that there's a higher return here. That that's on all of us to do. If you want the manufacturers spend more money in this in this segment we've got to show them that we're more effective with data yeah and and in the future that means if you <clears throat> want limited distribution drugs we yep. have to be better than the next person yep. and we have to have huge investments in technology in order to do that and and, and that's where you're going to see this term a technology integrated network you're going to have to have these successes that we talked about you know 60% rather than 25%, that's because of a technology integrated network. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to mean the same pharmacy system. It could be, you know, one of those things you encourage CPSN to say, hey, these are some minimal standards for the technology to be part of our CPSN technically integrated network, right? You To be a pharmacy system that we put our badge on, you've got to have these qualities and a care goal is not enough. Being able to submit a care goal is not enough. It's how it changes the workflow of the system, how you have measured success. Um, but in how, the end, how you get educated and trained on utilization of that. One, one of the things we're seeing was a vast degree of uh, uh, standard deviation on efficiency and how they're using those tools. And so we started investing in a, a clinical education team to help kind of scale it uh, now as well. So, but, but to not, to, but to be transparent, pharma dollars are very hard to, get all the way down to the pharmacy, okay? There's a lot of rules about steering and things like that that make it very hard. You know, those dollars need to be spent on making technology better and, and education and that kind of stuff. Now, payer dollars are much easier to get down to pharmacy. Um, and, and that's where CPSN is, and that's where we're helping CPSN get that uh, piece down to the to the, the um, to the pharmacy. There are some blends where we can do some finagling yeah. where a pharma can pay for filling out a form or taking a survey or something yeah. like that. But, but we have to be creative. And, and we've got to be careful. I mean, we're, we get this question all the time, you know, are we going to remunerate for everything? If we've, we've got a relationship with pharma. No, not on everything because I don't look good in orange. Right. right? So I, we, when you take vaccines, you got to be really careful with, how we're structuring that because the 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 laws are complex and mm -hmm. not not in our favor for it we, it is much cleaner for us to make sure we're building the technology solution and can show the increase in revenue on that type of a program and saying hey we're going to give you three dollars uh for every time you do that 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 gets a little bit gets a little bit wishy-washy well, how, how to reiterate you know to really put down you know in order for us to do these programs, we needed the new ownership. We needed Red Cell because coming at these pharma companies with, hey, we have 5,000 pharmacies, but now we can come at them with, we have 10,000 pharmacies. Let's build this program. And we've already had a couple of successes that are picking yeah. up off yeah. the ground. But what you, what you can do, though, is take three bucks and pay for text messages to go out, reminder messages to go out to the patients, right? So, yep. and those text messages tell, hey, you guys who are in this situation, go, it's time to get this filled, right? And then the pharmacy is making more money by 
making more people healthier by providing more services. And and like I said, with we need with we needed to, Red Cell and us needed to come together, um, and we needed their ownership and their guidance. Is you know we've we've had a couple of successes, and hopefully we can continue to um, well not hopefully but we are we are going to continue to reach out to these pharma companies and tell and basically show them that hey we can make pharma help pharmacy grow and make and make your marketing dollars worth it is correct. And independent say. pharmacy matters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, and I think the more education, the more explanation to independent pharmacy owners about the the kickback laws and yeah. the limitations and the education because as you know, they're on the front lines. They're the ones doing the work and they're like they feel like this a lot. Someone else is making money off my back yeah. while I'm busting my tail. So I think the more it can be explained, here's the opportunities where you can plug in. Here's the opportunities where the laws are not in our favor. Yeah. I think that's going to be helpful to them. To Yeah, to, you, you saw to a recent understand. court rule that promoting a refill was steering. Crazy. Yeah. I think really one, crazy of the, uh, one of the pharma companies uh, uh, sued to say, hey, we believe that promoting a refill isn't uh, steering. And um, the, uh, the court said it is. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so we need to change some laws too, Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'll get right on that. It's um, not steering. It's <laughs> life and death. I know you got a short list there beside you. Um, I want to talk about uh, Pivot just a little bit. It's really on the subject that we're, we've been talking about, and that's workflow. Um, and also I get the other macro theme that we've, we haven't said the words, Jeff, you've seen, you've heard these words in the NCPA innovation center board meetings is making it easy to work with independence that, and you know, whether that's pioneer or, you know, other companies and certainly NCPA theme is we've got to figure out, we, we independent farm capital I capital P have to make it independent pharmacy have to make it easy to work with independence because and, and Craig, you mentioned it on the last podcast. I think you may have mentioned it uh, on this one that uh, a manufacturer is not going to sign 10,000 contracts. No, nope. they're not. Uh, the, the federal government is not going to sign 10,000 contracts. And we saw that with the distribution of the COVID vaccine. And that's where, yep. and I, I heard it first from Kurt Proctor on my team of we've got to make it easy to work with independents. And I think that could be maybe, you know, a t shirt slogan. So workflow is one way to do that. Technology integration. Mm-hmm. Technology integration into the workflow. Yep. Absolutely. Because yep. we've seen solutions come to independent pharmacies all the time. But if it's not built into workflow, right. its chances of getting scale are probably less than 5%. Yep. Yep. We agree. So great example from a few months ago um, of getting a message into workflow. So mm-hmm. I, I mentioned I wanted to touch on the um, the – the contract provision yep. restricting bulk purchases mm-hmm. from our, um, you know, <clears throat> good friends at uh, <laughs> at the CVS and uh, Pioneer. You guys put a message. So when the contract was was going into effect, and the pharmacies had gotten the contract, but you know who has time to read these forty pages of of legalese? You guys prompted the uh, user to have to take action. And that resulted in, 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 in a, a huge response. Mm-hmm. Can you, you may have, if you've covered this on a previous podcast, my apologies, you may have, but can you kind of describe what you did and what happened? What we did was we created an alert 
that when they filled a prescription for Caremart um, and they hadn't ordered it within 30 days, right, we, we told them, hey, you may be at risk. You might ought to hold this and order it again tonight before you fill it, that you may be at risk for this section. Um, and that got that information out to a whole lot of people at once, create a whole lot of phone calls. I got a call from our friends at uh, CVS Aetna the next day asking me if I would turn it off, uh, saying they had gotten calls from multiple senators, um, people, uh, heads of uh, pharmacy associations all across the country. And I know we said this, but that's really not what we meant, right? We, we really meant to do this. And that's typical what lawyers do, right? When they want X, they ask for X plus infinity uh, so that when they get in court and they get dialed back, they can get the X that they're after. So there was a change. It's um, The change was better. Um, the thing that caught my attention there, because we, you know, in CPA, we don't do the contract negotiations and, and we don't contract. Uh, we had seen it and notified folks uh, about this provision with, with alarm but we didn't have a way to put it in workflow. I mean, we, we can yep. send something out to a member and we do that all the time. So what got my attention on this was, again, they, the pharmacists were able to get a message or their technicians, by the way, were able to get a message in workflow. A disruptive message. Yeah. And they acted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it excites me because when I think if we had 10,000, because there's about 10,000 pharmacy owners that own the 20,000 pharmacies, Latest digest stats show oh. that the average owner is okay. owns owns 2.1 pharmacies. Okay. So just mathematically, that's about 10,000 humans that own the 20,000 pharmacies. Okay. So our job is to get 10,000 people to do something. If we can get 10,000 people to do something, the power of independent pharmacy would be 20x what it yep. is today. Absolutely. Totally agree. Because typically it's about five to five hundred to a thousand people that are really passionate and or not mm -hmm. really passionate, but really passionate to take action. So, all that to say, what are some other opportunities that in workflow that you see? Whether it's you know this was more it wasn't political. It wound up some political um, outcomes, some political action was taken. But what are some other opportunities? that you guys see in workflow that could, you know, cause uh, pharmacies to take action? Again, not necessarily political, but yeah. um, uh, in, in other areas. I, I think what was interesting about this was not only the number of people, but the number of people at one time. You know, I, I think when you say 500,000 people, Doug, and you send something out and maybe over 30 days, 500,000 people do something, even that 500,000, if you could say, hey, the timer starts at this time and we want everybody to act between this hour and this hour on this day, right? And it all happen at once. I think that amplifies the impact a thousand times, right? And so you could do things like that in workflow, say, hey, this event is coming up, you know, where you you actually notify them within the, the pharmacy system of something um, 
and and that it has a time and a date and you remind them again, hey, it's now and you show a countdown and you actually drive them doing some type of activism together um, just by using the tool that they work in every day to tell them to do that, to time it, to say you have, you know, you have two hours to complete this thing and show a countdown and Jeff, I don't, I don't know how far you want to you want to uh, go with a futures discussion, but I mean, I, I I think we're working in pioneer on a few things that uh, over the next several months that are going to launch are going to make communication dramatically faster in workflow and across pharmacy and across stakeholders that we could we could leverage for that. But that may be yeah. A, a we, little, we, I think we talked po- about podcast. that a little bit last time. Is that um, we're developing a freemium communication service? Imagine. Imagine uh, a uh, Slack or Teams for pharma, for independent pharmacy or for pharmacy, where you have a directory automatically pharmacy to pharmacy, uh, or and then you have an NCPA channel and you have a, a thing like that. And so uh, we've spent about a million dollars so far developing this freemium product that's going to try to communicate people for this exact thing, for quicker activism, uh, for pharmacies working together, because uh, email has gotten to be ineffective. And like CPSN is not going to build a Slack channel with, with their 35, 4,000 pharmacies. So we need a tool to do those things. And we're working on a tool for that. And we're going to have a base product that doesn't cost anything. And that has um, additional things you can add on that are patient related and stuff that, that, um, that will cost or, or that if there's some partner that gets a lot of value out of it, that we build APIs and stuff, but the base product to do exactly the kind of things you're doing is in the works and, and we hope to roll it out early next year. Yeah, so that's a lot more detail than we mentioned the last time. You mentioned something about um, pharmacies being able to communicate, but that's a lot more detail. So would you envision this as commonly owned pharmacies being able to communicate together, mm-hmm. like in a community? Nope. About, okay. A- anybody. Non- anybody. I can just add somebody to a group. Now, of course, they could block me, but but what's what a Slack or something like that is missing is a directory. And so what we're going to be able to do is anybody who's in this group, uh, who, who's signed on to this product, you'll be able to talk to. And, and so, and you can imagine one of the things for, you know, one of the things on our mind, NCPA channel, where imagine if you could just with 6,000 Pioneer X pharmacies, right? If, if you as Doug could send out something that popped up in workflow, uh, just like they had gotten a message from a patient or a message from another member of their team that says, Hey, this thing's important. Now you're going to have to be, would have to be judicious with that resource, or or or, or be kind because if you're if you're too much to it, they're just going to mute you, right? It comes white noise, yeah. Right, but but if you're smart about how you use that, then you can build this mechanism to bring people together, right? Communication we found from this deal with Caremark is the key to turning on this superpower. That is independent pharmacy. Yep. Yeah, and in this case too, I I also think that the um, looming FTC study um, may have actually also been helpful to uh, to getting them to listen as yeah. well. True. Yeah, and, and congratulations on your work there, Doug. So appreciate that. We're um, excited about that, and um, that this is the FTC doing a, a study on um, on PBMs. I'm just looking at my phone to see if I have any. I'm hoping to have some announcement somewhat related to that, related to our convention, but I don't have uh, I don't have the green light yet. So okay, just have to <laughs> have to tease that up a little bit more. Um, 
I know we're getting close to the end. Um, I, I also I did want to share some other some other feedback from members. Uh, a couple members mentioned. So they're always flattering about the the software. They say, hey, it's it's a great system. Really enjoy the system. Um, this last go around for when I asked for comments, a couple of them mentioned, hey, it's getting there's some. I feel like for different products, I mean, I'll use their words, nickel and dimed, um, which I was trying to think of different words. I couldn't. Sorry. Yep. But they felt like they're getting, um, you know, nickel and dime for all the different services. They want this. They want that. It's going to cost this, cost that. Um, I wanted to give you guys a chance to hear that, but also respond to that concern. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when we, we came in to build Pioneer, we, we heard that about our competitors. And, and one of the things we did was reject it in a way. Now, the way we did that is if it's in Pioneer, we don't charge extra for it. Uh, competitors will charge, hey, you want a long-term care module? That's more. You want point of sale? That's more. You want blank? That's more. It, yeah, you want to do MedSync? That's more. You know, that's more. So, so everybody had a deal and, and we said, no, we're not doing that. And now that said, as you grow, you're going to build things that aren't in your primary product or you're just going to build a pharmacy system. And we do build other things. We have mobile apps we build and, and, um, you know, we build things that have totally different development group that, that could be provided by some other company and where we build those, we charge for them. It's a different group. It needs a pay model. If you don't have a pay model, like let's say the mobile apps, there are pharmacy systems out there who give them away for free. You know what? If you've ever used them, you can tell there's no model to maintain that product because it's not any good, right? And, and so if you want to have a group that owns a mobile app that's totally different, and so, and so our model is if it's the same piece of software, we don't charge more for features in it. But if it's a totally different software in a totally different place, you download it from the, from the, the Apple Store, things like mobile app or delivery or something like that, it charges more. And so, so you see as a company grows and they start trying to offer different products to the same group, you're going to do, you're, you know, you're going to see that. Um, you know, we offer a uh, text messaging. Well, we have to pay somebody for that, right? Um, we don't, we just can't send text messages out for free. You pay the carriers for that. That's a model that's going to have a, you know, you get paid, you get charged for it. You're going to have to charge somebody for it. It's a product we didn't offer. Two-way text messaging we didn't offer six years ago when, when they signed up. So now they're doing text messaging and we have over 4 million messages a month go out between two way, right? Most of our competitors are only doing one way. Um, we have two way messaging with our patients, which, which reduces phone calls, et cetera. That's a new line item. And so they're gradually seeing more line items on the, on the piece as we offer more products. So, um, I think anybody who said that to me, who we actually talk it through, they're like, Oh yeah, I get it. And, and, and really, I think our competitors do much worse uh, job of um, trying to nickel and dime people. And communication yeah. overall, and yes, yeah. the nickel and diming as well. So. Do you think that if you went through those, like those different services you just described, that a pharmacy would be able to, you know, see it, describe their ROIs, like the two-way text messaging, for example? Sure. So, so, I mean, I, I'm assuming they could, but... I think that'd be important for a pharmacy to say, look, I'm investing X. I need to be making X plus Y. Right. Yeah. And that's, and in, in, in what you have to decide is in a, 
in a module, what's that providing for you, right? The, the text messaging is providing improved customer experience and it's reducing phone calls, which reduces interruptions, reducing interruptions, you know, cause I can have a text message asynchronously, right? The text message doesn't go ding, 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 ding until I answer it, right? Like the phone does. And so that asynchronous conversation allows me to have better workflow, better timing, which ought to reduce my staffing needs, right? because I'm more efficient in my pharmacy and therefore there's your ROI. But you have to think through that and, and for different people that's not, you know. And not as easy to quantify as number of prescriptions, um, you know, total right. revenue. Correct. I mean, it, it can get to your bottom line, but it's, it's a little bit harder to put an ROI number on. But right? we've added, you know, we've added messages to MedSync. Some people don't want me to call them every month. So there is a text message now that says, hey, we're preparing your, your prescriptions. Click here to uh, choose which ones you want this month and which one of your PRNs do you want that takes them through that. That text message we charged extra for. The website that they go to to make those selections, we didn't charge for. Um, you know, we'll roll out uh, some a, a click-to-pay. We're not going to charge extra for the click-to-pay where we don't get charged. And, and so there are a lot of things, so we consider that a module of Pioneer. So, you know, there's... Um, I think the approach we take is is very fair in the industry and and provides a lot of value to our customers. Switching gears a little bit, Craig, uh, you know, I, as far as Francisco Partners and as the private equity entity that that owns most or all of Red Sale, um, so one thing I'm hearing, not about Francisco Partners in particular, but just about private equity in general, is hey, private equity has just gushing dollars for healthcare willing to pay all kinds of multiples for EBITDA multiples. I've heard recently in the last three months, four months, that some of those dollars, that some of the investors are getting less patient with some of these uh, investments. And again, I'm not speaking to Francisco in particular at all, just in general. So (laughs) what's the vibe you're getting from Francisco? Anything new there? You know, um, what from, again, from a private equity standpoint, what are you seeing, feeling, with the uh, private equity ownership. Yeah, no, so uh, from a private equity ownership standpoint, um, like I said, I've, I've had a relationship with Francisco Partners for almost 15 years now, and no, I, I don't see a change. Now, partly, Francisco Partners only invests in technology business. So if, if you're if you're one of Francisco Partners customers, uh, you know that that's what they're investing in. They, they only invest in technology, almost exclusively software. And probably about 40% of the portfolio, uh, roughly, maybe a little bit less than that now, is healthcare. And so um, part of that, I'm guessing, is an expectation-setting exercise for Francisco Partners. As part of it is, a, is the fact that Francisco Partners has delivered good returns for their customers uh, over the years. And so uh, we don't see on the red sales side uh, any, any impatience. The key with private equity that I've learned is you got to get really aligned on what the five, 10 year strategy is. You know, so a tenant to our strategy when we created Red Cell was we will invest more than all of our competitors in technology development, right? Well, Francisco Partners doesn't beat us up over that because that's core to the strategy uh, that we, we all created. What I hear a lot about in private equity circles right now is uh, interest rates. You know, inflation and interest rates create pressure uh, for an investor base. And so um, 
that's that's probably the thing that I hear the most talk about in private equity circles is can we continue to to invest in in uh, all of these sectors at the multiples we're investing in as interest rates continue to climb. Right. And if I knew if I had the answer to that one, and for the listeners, when when private uh, and for the listeners, when private equity buys something, they borrow a good amount of that money to buy it. And and when money's dirt cheap, right, zero percent interest rates, you it's easier than as interest rates get higher. What you typically what you'll see is I don't think you'll see a slowing down of investment in the sector. And I'm a personal believer uh, that if you have responsible investors, it's good, right? So I'll, I'll sit here and say. Um, the investments we've been making in Pioneer and, you know, we just we just launched this week the first cloud-based PMS system in, in the long-term care setting. We're in, in the first, first pilot customer. What we're doing in Powerline or with TransactRx, um, not only is that good for our customers, that's good for the industry because all of a sudden you're going to see other folks having to start to reinvest in technology platforms if they want to compete. And so I think if you if you have responsible investors, it's it's super healthy for a market. If you don't, uh, you know, there's examples where where you don't have a healthy scenario. And uh, we, we talk a lot uh, at Francisco Partners about a barbell strategy. At the right side of the barbell is your high growth. Invest like crazy. At the left side, if you're really buying into a dog industry or a, a dog company, you're not going to invest. You're going to starve. Um, and I think the key for us is um, – We've got a line with FP that this is this is far more on the right side of the of the dumbbell, and the way you win there is to continue to invest. You know the the, the scenario we talked at the beginning of the discussion on core to the pioneer success has been market leading and market setting customer support. We started to see our metrics not go where we like. That wasn't a hard discussion to tell our board. Guys, we're going to overinvest. That's core to our strategy. We have to be great here. Yeah, my part, uh, that was about a 10-minute discussion. I said, Craig, I want to do this. He said, yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't see, at my level, I don't see any of those changes from a Francisco partner standpoint. Yeah. I think macroeconomics are what's scaring everybody right now. And what's a cool takeaway from that is what you heard, and in, in, in what we learned in this is is these companies spend a ton of money analyzing markets. Right. Yeah. Um, we're always in the markets being analyzed. I'm always getting LinkedIn requests to somebody getting paid to analyze this market. And and the guys who are doing that believe in the future of pharmacy and are investing dollars there. So we're on that barbell that they believe this is growth. We believe in the future. Right. So if the guys who are doing all of this marketing believe in it. We should believe in it, too. Yeah, I, I think whether it's Francisco Partners or others, one of the things they see is 20,000 independently owned pharmacies. We we know where the CVS bucket is and because what company they are. We know the Walgreens bucket. We know the Walmart pharmacy bucket, kind of. I mean, that's a small part of their overall business. But you've got these 20,000 independent pharmacies representing a $75 billion industry. What can we do here? And so I think that is key, that the, the entities that find you know, are able to put together that next best mousetrap for corralling a 20,000 pharmacy performance network uh, that also, by the way, is in socially vulnerable populations that also, by the way, provides the best service and also is probably the mayor on the school board on the, Mm -hmm. you know, a 
part of the fabric of the community, that that's going to be you know a, a winning combination. And so that's that's what that's one of the things that makes this, these podcasts uh, interesting to me, is to talk about you know the networks because you guys are putting yeah. together a network, a performance network. We absolutely uh, are. Yeah, and there is going to be a, a performance network. And for if there's a future podcast with me involved, I'd like to get into more the confidence and that because someone's going to put a performance network together. And as independent pharmacies, who do we trust? You know, because someone's going to have a lot of power if if that independent pharmacy is in that network. Um, so I think that the, the the how do we get to trust? Not so much necessarily with Pioneer, but with anyone. Yeah. Because as independent pharmacists, we have a lot of, yeah. you know, there's a lot, there's some trust issues because, and, you know, well-earned over the years. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, lots of great stuff. I, you know, if we had more time, uh, Rx Local, uh, Pharmacogenomics and Specialty, um, continued yep. easy to work with independents, artificial intelligence, networking. You know, Marsha, you're on my list. You know, I've, I've, I've investigated, uh, investigated, air quotes, uh, Jeff and Craig. And so I did a little bit of saluting on you, you know, Google searches kind of stuff, not not super creepy stuff, I don't okay. think. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Jeff still has the Ray-Ban sunglasses and the Steven Tyler concert on, on his uh, Facebook page. So He doesn't do much on Facebook. It used to be yeah. food, 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 and I think, yeah, that was the last thing scolded. you posted. Yep. <laughs> he got scolded. Yeah, I know. We, we need to do these every three months. I, I could talk. Yeah. Doug, we could talk for another hour. This is great. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Uh, we, we are running out of time, but yeah. I think we should do every three months. I think it's valuable. Yeah, I, I think it's motivating. I think it's time to move it up to every three cool. months. So. And, I don't know. Uh, you might want to do a listener survey before you uh, make that jump. We, these uh, are our most watched yes. podcast. So you, really can, you can take it where mm-hmm. it is. It's the combination of the people. This is the the listeners are voting with their ears with their and ears. eyes. Who, who, Doug, Doug who, I think we should just run with that and say it's you and I. I mean, yeah, just, yeah, just go with it. Who, who watches these things? So I listen to four of them. I'm I'm in the you know in the gym running, but I'm like, I don't know that I would sit and watch this. Well, my, my, four, and, and I would watch you guys, but yep. I'm not going to watch my twenty. My twenty year old would say I do whenever I'm in a in a vehicle with him. Yeah, a lot of it uh, is listening. But yeah. I time yeah, and time again, it. people. I had a um had a guy from New York uh, come to me. Um, McKesson at the McKesson at show. The McKesson show, and and he was like, um, he is a. Well, hang on. There was some greater importance behind this man that approached you. Yeah, well, he, he used to own pharmacy. Yeah, he's a state senator. He's yep. And um, in New York, he used to own a pharmacy, sold the pharmacy, but he still works in it. And uh, I guess he saw our orbit and said we had a podcast. He's like, he's what, like in the, what, what are they going to talk about? What in the world about? could you guys talk about on a podcast? And then he was like, and I've been binge listening it now for two weeks. And he's like, I'm on the girl who wasn't the pharmacist who dead gave her the pharmacy. Stacey and she's Welling. a marketer, Stacey Welling. Mm-hmm. And he said, Wayless I love babies. it. I love it. And so, and so here's a piece. We're reaching a state senator. Uh, we had a guy in North Carolina who reached out to us about some legislation because he listens he to the podcast. listens to our podcast. Um, so, but a lot of it is, and you see it in the summer when people are traveling, the, the listens kind of go down a little bit. So it's, it's definitely... Uh, in the car, um, had a guy, hey, I listen to it while I'm running. Yeah. Right. He said I look he, forward yeah. every, every no, Wednesday. That one really excited me. He's like, I look forward to every Wednesday. I come home, I grab my AirPods, and I do my walk, and I listen to the podcast. Yeah, no. So it's it's good. And and what, what's cool is 
these started off as a way for Marsha and I to scratch the itch of not being able to get out and see people in person. There's so much energy that comes from talking to pharmacies. Believe it or not, it, whether with the ones the, we visit the or the ones at trade show. Yeah, I mean, a lot and, of the conversations that we have, we had them on the trade show floor. Yeah. We would visit the pharmacy and learn about what they're doing and, and what's, I mean, that's visiting a pharmacy is how we learned about the Caremark right. contract. That was, that was what you were going to say about Serena. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's what we learned about that. And then went yeah. back and, and did that. So, so we did the podcast to replace that thing that we needed. Those interactions. And so we're enjoying it. Right? It continues to fuel our passion. And and, and when and people, when you, there's an enjoyable conversation, a lot of people, you know, if, if the five of us are, or let's say we set 10 people at the bar and we were all having it up, there'd be people in there who would be more listeners than, than talkers. Well, we'll look forward to seeing uh, you guys in Kansas City. The yes. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yep. Excited about that. And, and we're going to um, have a Catalyst booth there. Yeah, so, so if you're, you're listening to the Here Deal and you, you, you have a, a hero that you want to recommend to be on the podcast, stop by our booth and uh, come visit with and us. Tell us about them. Tell us about what you're doing. Tell us about who inspired you. We're going to have so. a big nine foot and wide our, video wall with Doug's picture it's on so it. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, seriously, not my picture. He's like, seriously. no, don't do you, it. You oh, want God. people to come to your booth, not scare them away. That's a, I, that's I, a question on our next one, Doug, I have for you. Who inspires you the most right now in pharmacy? Yes. Or the next one? Who inspires you the most in pharmacy? Yeah. Who should we have next on the Catalyst Pharmacy yeah. podcast? Who should who we have who inspires you? Yeah. Who made Doug Doug? Or who inspires who you right you now? Listen? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's thinking. Jotted it down. He's Are thinking, you asking me the question? Yeah. yeah. Tell, yeah. yeah. No, well, you could good. come by at the oh. Catalyst and deal. Or you could answer now if you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Few people he's, come to mind. So, he, he's all right. Oh. Well, thanks again, guys. Yep. All right, hang fine. on. We cannot end the episode without our grade, Doug. No. Oh yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> the he's, point of this. He's thinking. Oh, the pressure. The point. No, I'm thinking. Of there's this. medications for this. There's. <laughs> <laughs> there's. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a clinician. I can't diagnose OCD, but it sure walks like one, talks like one. Yep. Capital O, capital Z, capital D. The point of these are for you to hold us accountable and for you to grade us and let us know uh, if I, I we need to do it I want to do a highlights video of Doug's facial impression. <laughs> we asked him about the, the uh, garage. Doug's facial impression when he put the flashlight up and Doug's facial impression <laughs> when we asked him the grade. <laughs> That, Drum roll. that Drum can be roll. in our reel. Can be in our yeah. reel. I mean, I gave you a B plus last time, which I thought was a really good grade because, I mean, overall, from what I hear from our members, they lo- like I said, they love your system. They say your system is top notch. Um, it's it's hard for me to give, uh, you know, an an, an A or an A minus. Um, so how about an A minus? I'll take right. it. Okay. We'll I'll take, take that. it. But th- here's the thing. Now you're going to get hooked on that. And so next time if I give you an A minus, again, you're going to be like, oh, we're doing the same. No, we're really like, no. Education in America. There's a totally different way to look at it. Knowing that we're OCD, over, you, should, you mm-hmm. should walk away going, they're going to try so hard to do better. Yeah, like Craig said that's minutes what, that's ago. That's what we're going to do. We're gonna you're waving that bone, and we want that freaking bone. Yeah. And the OCD personalities here are going to strive. And, and I'm like, gonna, I didn't realize I had so much power. And, and actually, yeah, right. the last oh. one, the very first one you gave us a B plus, the last one you gave us a B minus. It's oh, true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So No, it's I, not. 
Nope. I, it I, is. Yeah, I think yeah. probably because of the support challenges we had. No. I don't think I gave you guys a B minus. You gave us a B minus. No, he's it, it I, stuck it, with it, me. Guys, it the controls one hundred and one. We we got the A minus. Let's move on. I I, I went back. <laughs> so I I listened to probably forty minutes of the last podcast. So I didn't get to the end, somewhat to avoid. I thought I was able to avoid this conversation by not listening to it, but. <laughs> I didn't give you guys a B minus. You did. I, I heard so, from the control room. They said it was a B, not a B minus. So he did bump us down from a B plus to a B. A B for boo is what you guys said. That is exactly yes. right. But that was I, that was fair. We win some challenge with support. I think we've we've improved that. So I mm -hmm. so back I, to minus. I think the, the B should be for bonus for whomever gets to edit this podcast <laughs> and make this sound more uh uh, more intelligent and uh, shorter. I think it's awesome. So, whoever has awesome. to do that, B for bonus. For that would be a B for Brandon. So <laughs> it, it is B yeah. for Brandon yeah. Bruno. He is our our chief video right. and editor. Yeah. Right. Thanks Doug, everybody. Thank you so it much. was fun as usual. Craig, thank you for joining right, Doug, us. Thanks a lot. All yeah. right. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Thanks. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.